Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back. Birds 365. Hope everybody had a happy 4th of July. My buddy Antonio DeShields stepping in for a moment for Jody McDonald. We're having some technical difficulties. We hope uh, to get Jody up as quickly as possible. Uh, Tone, it's good to see you, buddy. How was your 4th of July? Uh, John, it was great. Um, can't really, can't really have any too, too many complaints. I spent it with family, and you know, like I was telling you off air, you know, wifey will never let you, never <laughs> let you leave the house unless you, unless unless you get all the housework done. So had to move some things around, replace a few things, and you know, like I said, Fourth of July, just a, just overall great weekend, good food, you know, good vibes, and that's you know, no real, no real, no real complaints. But how was yours? Uh, it was good. Uh, you're a newlywed, so as you let me know. So I've been going through this kind of stuff <laughs> for many, many years. And, yeah, I like to get back to work so I can get some rest. Because <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. a constant honey-do list that never, ever, ever ends. I don't want to scare you off as, as a newlywed. No, no, you're but... fine. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, hopefully she didn't overhear that that you're stuck you never want to let that out there so uh but people tuned in to talk about the eagles they didn't get their eagles uh over the weekend and and we're you know once we get past the fourth of july weekend tone we're in that countdown to training camp obviously july 26th this year for the philadelphia eagles um not a lot of news obviously um i cam jurgens i think was not signed when we last left the air. So we've talked about that second round pick 
And then there's something, and there's Jody, Jody popping in. Good to see you, buddy. Jody McDonald live in the house. And and by the way, Jody did not oversleep because no. everybody's going to say that. He no, was ready I'm, to I'm, go. He was I'm, ready I'm to sure go. I'm sure they're right ready. Away. I have, I just uh, logged in, so uh, or we just got connected, I should say. I attempted to log in 20 minutes ago. Um, but no, I did not oversleep. I've been up since 6.15. Thanks for your concern, Birds 365 fans. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's some technical difficulties, which even our lead uh, executive producer and uh, computer wizard, Xander Krause, can't even figure out. But uh, he figured a workaround. It took us a good long period of time, but uh, glad to be here as of now. Glad to see you. Hope you had a happy Fourth of July. Tone, you should have stuck around to say goodbye at least. Come on, that's okay. No, no, I don't need any hellos, goodbyes, or whatever else. Uh, again, uh, we apologize, and I say we because it's not just me. Even though everyone uh, points the finger at the back man because I overslept <laughs> once. Uh, no, we just had a couple of technical difficulties, uh, but we're looking forward to talking birds with you for the next couple of hours. Um, Johnny Mac, when uh, last you and I communicated was on Friday because you had to tell me that, of course, the Eagles signed their second round draft pick. Yeah. And when did they I, do it? I forgot the timing. Yeah, it was after the show. No, yeah, yeah Friday, right yeah. after the show. Yeah. As soon as we get off the air, the Eagles always have some kind of, I, I don't know if I could call it significant because I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion, but it's always just worrisome when other teams are in a certain position and the Eagles should be in the same position and they're not. Um, but it wasn't even the fact that the Eagles were out there on an island by themselves because there were yeah. a whole bunch of second-round picks that yeah. weren't signed across the National Football League, Cam Jurgens just being one of them. As a matter of fact, there's still a bunch of second-round picks that aren't signed. So the Eagles went from what the heck's going on here to actually being ahead of the game. Yeah, they were. Um, I compared it to last year. It was interesting because you look at the timing. We went through this last year with Landon Dickerson, went right up essentially to training camp. It was July 26th. Training camp last year started on July 28th, so we signed two days before the start of training camp. Uh, this year it starts July 26th. So, yeah, they're way ahead of the game with the second-round pick. So a little bit tougher, which I know people don't understand. When Kenny Pickett signed, uh, was either last week or the week before, uh, he was the last of the 32 first-round picks to sign. Uh, so all 32 first-round picks uh, are signed, have been signed since Pickett, since the Pickett deal got done. And I think Jurgens was 18 or 19. I forget the exact number. Um, when Pickett signed, there were 16 second round pick sign so exactly half a um, little bit more difficult it's we're it's kind of counterintuitive it's a little bit more difficult to sign second round picks in the slotted so-called slotted format because there's a little bit more wiggle room than with the first round and you can still haggle over things like guaranteed money offset money becomes a little bit more important for second rounders because they're sure. not on as firm as footing as as first rounders so just a little bit more difficulty but it's never in doubt i mean they're going to come in it might be at the last moment like landon dickerson but they're going to come in because they have to come in and let's right. be honest we, we it, it, it out of sight out of mind yeah, Len Dickerson was late last year, the latest signing, and he, of course, was coming off an injury, which meant he probably wasn't going to be uh, thrown into the fire yeah. immediately anyway, 
and it ended up being a big nothing burger because he got signed and he went in and played like a star. And as a matter of fact, he's the next guy up on your Sports Illustrated best Philadelphia Eagles list. Let's hit that right now. Um, I was going to hold off on that, but since we went to Landon Dickerson, uh, you and uh, uh, Eddie Kratz have been working on the best player with the Philadelphia Eagles top 25. Um, I just throw them out there for those who haven't been keeping up on uh, the SI spot. I uh, had Quez at 22. Uh, Isaac, uh, Quez at 20. Who was, oh, uh, Jake Elliott, 21. Isaac at 20. Bradbury, 19. Jordan Davis, 18. Um, TJ Edwards, 17. Miles, 16. I want to ask you about Miles. And Landon Dickerson, 15, which means you got 14 guys yet to come. Yeah, Abate Maddox out there is 14, so we can say that. he. he oh, you already got that one up there? Yeah, July 4th, okay. so nobody pays attention. Uh, but, yeah, Abate, number 14. Uh, yeah, so that's where we are. And, so let uh, me let me ask you a question on your list. Jalen Hurts is one of your top 13. Or is he? Yes, he is. I'm not okay. Chris Simmons yet. In fact, you, 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 you might hit the nail on what's coming a little okay. bit later yeah, today. I, I saw the numbers and I jotted them down and uh... – Oh, if you guys are still hearing my voice, now we'll pop back up. Okay. Uh, but I had 13 that I was very confident about. I said, who's the 14th? Is Jalen Hurts going to be one of those top 13 players? Uh, and you just uh, clued us in that that is the case. Um, there, are, there are some good feelings about Jalen Hurts around the league. And, yeah, if you got him in your top 13 Eagles, that's not bad, Johnny Mac. You must have some confidence. Yeah, well, we did it. Remember, this is a. I I was a little bit lower on Jalen than Ed. Ed was a little bit higher. Uh, Don't have the voting in front of me. So, I mean, either way, he's a top 20 player. I think I might have had him at 17. Um, Eddie was a little bit higher. Um, And I I always go NBC Sports Philadelphia. We are, are, you know, doing our list, which is the best pure football players, as I describe it, uh, their list is most important. Important, right. And, that, and on their list, Jalen's going to be number one. I, you know, I don't know that for a fact. Dave was on the show, Dave Zangaro. It kind of foreshadowed it, which makes sense to me. He's the most important player uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles as the quarterback mainly is on, on every team. Good, bad, indifferent. They're the most important part of it. Um, so it is a little bit different. Um, but I think that importance is kind of baked in a little bit to where, um, you know, I, I, that's a little bit high for me, but that's where he ended up on the list and, and we'll see if he lives up to the bill, the billing. Um, but either way, you know, 13, 17, wherever you have him somewhere in that range, I think that's where, where Jalen Hurts should be and hopefully gets better and improves. And next year we're talking about this list because I have Jordan Davis at 18. If Jordan Davis um, turns out to be what I think he's going to be, 18 is going to look quaint next year at this time. He's going to be, he's going to be a top 10 guy and we'll say it's all projection. Um, Jalen's got to get better, but 
yeah, he's certainly a big part of this team. And he's a good football player. I think the question is how good. And that's, you know, I, yeah. I, I've got this weird narrative over the weekend, Jody. I don't know because you had so many ships. I, I'm starting to see, like, well, the Eagles are going to have difficulty moving on from Jalen Hurts anyway. So, um, no, they're not. That I don't agree with. Not at all. And people are starting to look at, well, the Eagles are going to be pretty good. The Saints are going to be pretty good. Um, those are going to be mid-round picks. They can't get up to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. A couple things about that. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they're not able to get back up at the top of the draft. But there's also a number of good quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft. It's not going to be a two-quarterback draft. And I just happen to be, and I wrote about this on jacobsports.com, uh, Jody. Yeah. I happen to get uh, Pro Football Network's mock draft, and not our guy, Ian Cummings, but Cam Malore, one of their other draft guys. He had four quarterbacks in the top ten. Four quarterbacks in the top ten. Had the kid from Kentucky, Will Levis, who transferred from Penn State. And I fourth one, our old friend Spencer Rattler's back in the mix. Uh, after transferring to South Carolina. So he had four quarterbacks in the top 10. Then I started looking around. There's a kid from Florida. There's a kid from Miami. There's a kid from Stanford, I believe, that all might be top two, depending on how they play. We've seen it go positive. We've seen it go negative. Spencer Rattler's a perfect example. Exactly. A lot of people said he might be the number one, one overall pick. He's benched. He, he has to transfer to South Carolina. Now he's back in the mix again. You know, some of these guys are probably not going to live up to the hype, but other ones probably are going to live up to the hype. And, you know, can you get into the 8 to 10 range to draft a quarterback? Hell yeah. Why not? They can, but will a quarterback be worthy of going in that spot? I, I The only two players that I feel – uh, tremendously strong about our uh, young and, and, and Stroud. I think there's a big drop off after the first two, as far as it was last year, can he pick it all the way at number 20 and then the next quarterback off the board in the third round? No, I don't think there'll be as big a drop off, but I really do think the two, two young quarterback, two best quarterback will go, no no further than two out of the top four picks. And they may very well go one, two, uh, depending on who has those picks. And if the team that has those picks need a quarterback, I don't think there's any question. They'll be the first pick and the second pick. Um, but can the Eagles get into position to trade to, for one of those first two picks? They did it with Carson Wentz, how he's shown the ability to be able to get it done before. Yeah. Can he do it again? We're so far from, from getting there and uh, the teams that are going to finish and uh, it, it's very difficult to speculate. Uh, but uh, yeah, if, if you're uh, the guy who's uh, mock draft, you're looking at has spent Spencer Rattler going in the top 10. Well, I will tremendously disagree with that. There's a reason why well, he needed you, to get yeah. out of Dodge. Yeah. Well, the other, the Oklahoma kid, I forget his name. You, you probably remember Joe. He's really talented, but uh, he's, now he transferred he's not, to USC, he, but he's not even draft eligible. He no, was no, a, yeah. he was a legitimate freshman uh, yeah. this year. So he's got to stay both this upcoming season and one more before he ever becomes eligible. Yeah. No, what I was saying though, make. no, he's not. Yeah. He's not eligible for the draft. What I was saying, he didn't get, he didn't get benched for any, you know, you know, 
mediocre oh, oh, player. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, right. I get he, the point. He you're got benched for a, a top – yeah, I think he was the number one overall recruit in the country. Um, and I apologize. I'll look up his name. Williams. And he transferred And he transferred with Lincoln Riley, went to Southern California. So, you know, I hear what you're saying about Spencer Rattler, and we got to see it. But if we see it, I mean, this is the same kid that people are saying is going to be a top overall pick, top five pick. He's got talent, so we'll see how it shakes out. Things have to shake out. We saw it with Zach Wilson. Nobody was talking about Zach Wilson. All of a sudden, he's the third pick in the draft. It happens both ways. Uh, right. You know, Somebody had Carson Strong as the top pick in the draft at this time of last year. The Eagles got him as an undrafted free agent. Um, Sam Howell, fifth-round pick. Um, Spencer Rattler, as I mentioned, had to transfer. So it can go positive. It can go negative. My only point is the whole thing is the Eagles will be in position to get a quarterback if they want to get a quarterback. And that's what Howie Roseman did by pushing back the year, trading one first-round pick to next year's draft. So he's got two to start. And remember, this is the part where I think people forget. If the Eagles are looking for a quarterback, that means they they underachieved pretty much, not overachieved. Look, if they're in the bottom 20s, they, they're not going to want a quarterback because they're going to have a good football team and Jalen Hurts is going, to, is, is, is going to have a good season and they're going to say, all right, let's build around Jalen Hurts. If they're 15, 14, 13, 12, 11 because they didn't have a good season, then they're in a better position to launch. Remember, people seem to forget. You brought it up, Jody. Carson Wentz, they started at a 13. Right. They leapfrogged to eight, I believe. Then they leapfrogged up to two from there. They're going to, they're, if, if they have the season to start out where they have the 13th pick, they're going to be able to get a quarterback. Here's where you and I part ways. And I uh, readily admit that I part ways with most Eagle fans at this point, because yes, there are some that are uh, gung ho about Jalen and it's going to be a great year and Eagles are going to extend them because that's how Howie Roseman does his business. He's usually ahead of the curve at these type things. It's going to be expensive. Get used to it, Eagle fans. It's going to be 30 million or more, but that's the way it's going to go. Maybe. And you're saying that if he has a bad year, fear not, Howie Roseman will figure out a way to get into a position to draft a quarterback and or use those two draft picks to play in the veteran quarterback market, maybe through a trade. Maybe. The place that I think it can end more than anything else is Jalen Hurts has an okay year. He shows a little bit more improvement. But are the Eagles ready to go down the 30, 35, 40 million dollar extension range? Not necessarily because he doesn't wow anybody. He's good. He's solid. He is what he was last year. Again, this year, they give him more weapons. All right, he throws for some more yards, but he runs for less. I think the Eagles can push the, the kick the can down the road one more year that they say, guess what, Jalen, we're going to ask you to come in and prove it again, that uh, we're just going to run out the fourth year of your rookie deal and go from there. Because 
Here's the, the reason why I think that's more of a possibility than most. Did they try and attempt to get uh, Deshaun Watson this year, John? Uh, yes and yes. Yes and no. But yes. No, it's, it's either a yes or a no. Did they attempt to get Deshaun Watson? They wanted Watson? the player. They wanted yes. the player. So the answer is yes. Did they uh, seriously inquire on Russell Wilson yes. and were ready to do what it took to get him at least via a trade? Yes. Yes. Okay. Who's the quarterback of the Eagles this year? Jalen Hurts. Okay. So the Eagles have proven, you talk about what they've done in the past to try and apply to the future. They've made attempts to upgrade their quarterback position. And when they didn't, they said, well, Jalen's still our guy. We've always said, well, anybody else can speculate, but you've heard no one from the Eagles say that, that we don't think Jalen Hurts is our quarterback. He's our quarterback. They did that this past offseason. I'm suggesting they can do that again next offseason. Yeah, they, they, they can they, uh, look into trading up. They can see if they can get in a position to take one of those two quarterbacks because, yeah, I think there's a big drop-off thereafter. If they were to get uh, as high as number eight, and that would guarantee them one of the top four quarterbacks, either the third or the fourth, whatever. Is that guy going to be ready to start step in and start right away? Well, and that's where you said we 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 differ. We don't differ as much as you think, because I think that could happen. But here's here's the difference. Say it's Will Levis for argument's sake and right. number eight overall, because you're not able to get. And I agree with you. There's no guarantee, and it's probably unlikely you're going to be able to be bad enough to get in a position to get uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young whichever you prefer, probably going to go one, two, if not one, two, one, three, something of that nature. Right. And it's going to be really difficult. So let's focus on Will Levitt's for sake of argument, eighth overall pick somewhere in that range. You could probably get up to that point to get them. Um, everything depends on evaluation. Um, maybe you like the player. Maybe you don't like the player. We always talk about, you know, the Eagles didn't like Justin Fields. They could have had Justin Fields. They they didn't like the player, so they went in a different direction. Um, so it always depends on evaluation. But if they like Will Levis and they're able to go up and get him, and you mentioned, yeah, he's probably not ready. They still have a fourth year on Jalen Hurts. They might use Jalen Hurts as a bridge quarterback in that fourth year and, and try to build up um, his trade value. Somewhere else, there's always quarterback desperate teams. And then sort of let Levis come along. So I'm not saying he's out of here because you do have that fourth year and you could let him play out that fourth year. But where I disagree is you can keep kicking the can down the road and assume, all right, what are you going to do again? Trade out and trade back in? What does the 24, 2024 draft look like at the quarterback position? Is it going to be better than this quarterback draft? at least early and it's way too early as you mentioned but people are saying this is a really good class maybe it's just about the top two maybe it's about more than the top two because i keep hearing a bunch of names as potential first round picks that go far below uh levis and rattler you're still talking there's richardson from florida there's van dyke there's a stanford kid boston college um all of these names at least some people have had as first round picks this is at least on paper, a really deep quarterback class. You, you got to seize the moment. The Eagles didn't have the moment this year because 
it was a weak quarterback. A weak class. class. If they weak had the moment, they, they shouldn't have used it. They were right not to. And the veteran and the veterans they weren't able to get. But they tried, but they weren't able to get. Next year, they're probably going to have to seize the moment. They're probably going to have to seize the moment. And if that means drafting a kid at 8 or 10 or even 11 or 12 and, and going another year with Jalen Hurts, they still have that option. And that's still a possibility. And to sort of, you know, bring them along slowly. That was the original plan with Carson Wentz. People forget if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get hurt with that horrific injury 11 days before the start of the regular season, Sam Bradford was going to start for the Philadelphia Eagles, period. End of sentence. Carson was going to be the third string quarterback on, on, on behind Chase Daniel. People forget this. Yeah, and when they traded Bradford, I swore Daniel was going to be the starter. Yeah, I said, all right. Well, they'll, they'll play Daniel for a good couple of weeks. I thought it was going to be kind of Donovan McNabb revisited the end. Oh, by the way, who was that guy who filled in till Donovan was ready to play? Yeah. That would be Coach Doug Peterson. That's what I believed the Eagles were going to do again when they traded Bradford, which kind of came out of left field, as you correctly point out, just because uh, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. So I thought, okay, well, first month it's going to be uh, Daniels. And then when they get Carson Wentz up to speed, they'll be ready to put him in there. I knew he was going to play as a rookie, but I didn't think it was going to be week one. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe when they came out and said, yeah. hey, Carson Wentz will be our starter. Yeah, I remember a, a lot of people were talking about Chase Daniels being the starter early in the season. And, you know, the Eagles kind of said, you know what? We're probably going to stink anyway. Let's throw him in the deep end of the pool. There's two ways you can go about it. Um, they might do that with Will Levis next year um, if they draft somebody like that. Um, but they have the luxury of saying uh, we have that extra year on Jalen Hurts. So we don't necessarily differ on that part of it, Jody. Where I think we differ is I think they got to make a move. They got to make a decision this year for all those reasons. You can't just assume you, you could say, all right, let's kick it the next year. You know, the Eagles will be well-versed. They'll know what the 2024 class looks like. Maybe it's great, too. I don't know. They should know. But if it's not, they got to act now. They got to act now. My point is that I would not be surprised if you put those three possibilities out there. Jalen Hurts is good enough to merit the contract extension. The Eagles marry themselves to him. Jalen Hurts really doesn't look like a franchise quarterback and they are uber motivated to get another guy via the draft and or trade or Jalen Hurts is somewhere in the middle. I'm somewhere in the middle and he's still the quarterback. You're somewhere in the middle and he's just a placeholder till they, the guy that they got is their next quarterback. I'm saying there can be an off season where Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback for the Eagles. They haven't added another quarterback, either via a trade. I don't think anybody's going to – there's no free agent that's contract is ending that's going to uh, – they're going to have enough cap money to go out and get that type of a guy. Um, no, I think there's a, a, a – I think it's the most – the highest percentage chance that they're going to have Jalen Hurts as their quarterback again without a contract extension in place and dance along that fine line because they're dancing it now because we know they did try and get Russell Wilson. We know they did inquire about Deshaun Watson. 
they didn't really get a chance to get into the poker game, but they 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 sat down at the table before they were told yeah. your services are no and, longer needed. By the way, there are all sorts of machinations here, Jody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, the Eagles might try to do what they do. Maybe Jalen plays well. They try to get him on the team-friendly deal, the $30 million extension, which is team-friendly. And Jalen says, I don't want to do that. I, I, I think I deserve more than that. If I hit the open market, I can get more than that. All that kind of thing can play into it as well, the player side of it. Uh, but my point from the start has kind of been, you're going to know. You're going to know what the Eagles are doing uh, through reporting behind the scenes, whether they're trying to work out an extension with Jalen Hurts, whether they want to move forward with Jalen Hurts, or if they just say, you know what, we can't get better. We failed to get better. Uh, because they don't like any of the quarterbacks in the draft. They're not in a position to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. The veteran quarterback market eh, is not good, and we'll see because there's always – you never know what's coming down the pike there. Um, all these things happen in a negative direction, and they say, well, let's let Jalen Hurts play out of his fourth year. You kind of know he's a, he's, a, he's a lame duck anyway if yeah. you're at that point. So that's kind of my larger point of it. The Eagles will make a decision. It might not be an overt decision. He might still be the quarterback, but they will know that uh, this is just a guy. This is a bridge. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick. What's your favorite bridge? We can we can make that new joke, Brooklyn, Golden Gate, or Jalen Hurts. He's going to be a bridge quarterback. You're going to know that. And, and he's either going to seize the position, the Eagles are going to want him, or he's going to be a bridge quarterback. That's where I think we are. Yes, and you, I can certainly see your point of view there. What the Eagles do is much more important than what the Eagles feel. Yeah. And when they made a decision within their walls, maybe off the record, certain guys start to get uh, insight as to their leanings. Oh, yeah, those are very important. More important is what they actually do on the field. If they don't get another quarter, if they don't make a play, if they don't give him a contract extension, if he is a lame duck quarterback, yeah, you can read into it all you want. I'm just saying that could come to fruition next year. Some people, the very few people I think agree with me on this. They think that it'll either be one or the other. They will have gotten their next quarterback via the draft, via trade, via free agency, or they will have inked uh, Jalen Hurts to a contract extension. I still think there's a good chance in 2023 they're sitting on the fence. They, they, they'll be leaning toward one side of the fence or the other. I'll give you that. But if you're on the fence, you're on the fence. And him playing uh, on the I, left I, I, I can't imagine. That would be a very rickety fence, Jody, that is leaning over one way. Uh, maybe it hasn't fallen over completely because, look, the one thing you have in the NFL, if you're starting, right, starting quarterback, starting any position the luxury of playing time affords you the ability to um, play well. And if you play well, nobody's taking you off the field. Bottom line, nobody's taking off a successful player off the field. That's the luxury Jalen Hurts has right now. He can go out and win the job. Now, in theory, you're right. He can play mediocre this season. The Eagles aren't able to find the avenue to get better, and they run it back. And we're in the same spot. He still has that luxury of playing time. 
And all of a sudden, if the light goes on and clicks and then he plays well, magically, um, could win the job again. I just think that's very unlikely. After two bulls, that remember where we would be, that's two bull seasons as a starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, it's going to click in year three if it didn't click that well in year two. It's possible. I'm not saying it's not happened no, in the past. It's it's possible. I would say it's very unlikely. But see, here's uh, again, we're talking about so many hypotheticals here. Um, if they can't get up to number one or number two, if there isn't a good veteran guy, if they're going to take Will Levis at number eight, there's always the possibility that Will Levis can't play at all. That you you make the call on a first round quarterback. And he really oh, yeah. isn't close to competing, at least with uh, Jalen Hurts. If he's got two solid years, no stardom on the on the rise, no flashes of brilliance, just two solid years. That's better than going. All right, we're going to take a step back, and we're hoping we're going to take two forward. We not not we know we're going to take two forward. We're hoping we're going to take two forward. It. Although no, it doesn't and, happen and often, I think the Eagles might say this is the better of the two options. Let's stick with solid and not have to worry about are we going to superstardom? Well, because remember at that point, and this is the really the only part we differ on. At that point, you're you're truly down. You kick the can as far as you can go, and I'm talking about not this season, 2023. That's the fourth year, right? So if he's me, if he's where he is now, same type of quarterback, that's still going to get him $25, 30000000 dollars. That's that's the going rate. There's going to be some quarterback desperate team as a veteran quarterback, and then you start thinking about, well, we don't want to pay him that, and then you got to you got to redo it anyway, and that's why you draft the quarterback. Then you have the quarterback on the cost effective rookie deal. For five years, if you draft him in the first round, that fifth year, not quite as cost-effective, but you get the point. And you have that year. You have that buffer year. He's already in the system. So if you draft Will Levis and let Jalen Hurts play out his fourth year, um, you know, you let him compete. If, if Levis isn't ready, uh, Jalen Hurts handles the job for one year. At that point, it's over, right? Because he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid to a certain level. You hope to trade him. You hope to do something of that nature. And then you start over with the more cost-effective uh, rookie deal that allows you to build up around the quarterback, at least on the short term, for a couple seasons, three seasons. Um, but you're right. If you fail with the draft pick, you fail. But you're in the same spot. Remember, you only have 12 more months in the in your best case Jody McDonald scenario. You're still going to have to pay Jalen Hurts as a veteran. He's not going to, you know, you can maybe go if he plays poorly, remember, and say you can get him for one year Jameis Winston money. Well, the Eagles don't want that. That's They're trying to stay away from that. If they keep going that route, that's not where they want to be. So, no, yeah, see, there's a I lot think, of hypotheticals, but I think I think that's almost an impossible situation. The Eagles sign him, but for less than starter money. And no, if he's good enough, you get to the fourth year and they carry him on a rookie four year deal, and he's a lame duck quarterback. And oh, by the way, the light goes on. 
Now we're talking about a franchise tag. And I do think that's a possibility. Small, but a possibility. More so than they would re-sign Jalen Hurts for the 25th best starting quarterback money in the league. That I don't think is going to happen. It'll be one or the other. They'll go Carson Strong before they'll go Jalen Hurts on his fifth year in the league on a $25 million deal. No, either he's going to be good enough and they're going to try and get a contract done. If they can't, you got the safety net of the uh, franchise tag or they'll just move on. Jalen, you can go free agent. We're going to give Carson Strong a shot here. If they can't draft the next guy, they'll put Carson Strong out there for a year and hope his knee holds up and he might be better than Jalen Hurts ever is. Um, I, I don't think the they'll sign him to a compromise starting quarterback money. Yeah, deal. either do I. Don't I. Think that's I just, I just threw yeah. it out there because the Eagles don't want to do that. The Eagles don't want to be in that position. They don't want to be like other teams who would do that. Um, sometimes you have to do it if you keep bailing. I mean, you know, you know, the Eagles at wide receiver, a perfect example of bailing, bailing, bailing. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you get it right with Devontae Smith. But people kind of forget um, the reason Devontae Smith is here. There's so many butterfly effects. I remember I asked Doug Peterson once about the butterfly effect, Jody. He had no idea what I was talking about. Really? Yeah, no idea. No idea. I had to explain it to him in the middle of a press conference. But anyway, there's there's so many, you know, if they hit on Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith isn't here. Maybe Justin Fields is here. You know, we say um, the Eagles didn't want Justin Fields. Well, maybe they didn't want Justin Fields because they didn't think he was uh, uh, maybe the right they moment. Maybe they didn't want Justin Fields because they – thought that highly of Devonta Smith. Yeah, exactly. They just um, wanted to they, they thought they had him as their second or third ranked guy on the board and they moved up to number 10 to yeah. get him because they couldn't believe And, and by the way, if, if Patrick Sertan didn't go earlier and J.C. Horn, they'd be here instead of Devonte Smith. So it's always, there's always a, 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 a small line of, of things happening in this league and, and even different positions can affect other positions because you have to go and we all thought, man, the Eagles are going to have to – they didn't get – I was just writing about this on, 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 on Jacob Sports as well. People already forget that. We talk about they forget the Eagles going after Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, Jody. People forget they went after Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and Allen Robertson and Robert Woods. You know, if they get Robert Woods, he's a nice player, Right. And it, he's, not AJ was... Brown. he's not A.J. Brown. He's not A.J. Brown. He was available sudden... before we knew that A.J. Brown was a yeah. great candidate. I wanted to see the Eagles get Robert Woods. Exactly. A lot of people did. And, and I, by the way, I wouldn't have criticized them at the time if they were able to get him. But, you know, that door gets shut. So all four doors get shut. Then you got to go looking for another door. And all of a sudden you end up with A.J. Brown. But the Eagles had to pay a penalty for all those failures. And the penalty was a first-round pick and $25 million contract because they failed on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager. All, all these things have a butterfly effect moving forward. And same thing happens at the quarterback position and, and how you're going to evaluate this particular class. But, man, I, I don't know. You're trying to get a quarterback in 2022. 
you're trying to get a quarterback in 2023 and you're unable to do it and you're kicking the can. I don't know how long the Eagles can keep doing that. And, and they've been very successful making people forget that they wanted to replace Jalen Hurts this year. People don't like that. They don't like it. They would have replaced them only for certain people. And I think, by the way, that's a compliment if you think about it. Because they weren't thinking about the Jimmy Garoppolo's and the, the Baker Mayfields of the world. And Baker's still available. They don't have any interest. Jimmy's still available. We'll see when he gets healthy. They don't have any interest in those guys. You can argue they've been more successful at their height than Jalen Hurts. So they like Jalen Hurts. But they also know I that's probably the wrong word. So that's why I stopped himself. They also think there's a ceiling and that ceiling is not going to be Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or a superstar talent quarterback. And they, they want people to forget that, but they've already, they've already essentially stipulated to that fact by their actions. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's get a timeout in here. Uh, Mike Sielski, lead uh, columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, is going to join us in hour number two. Uh, you mentioned a uh, quarterback who is available on the open market right now that we believe the Eagles have no interest in. Uh, oh, I'll go a step further. Uh, one of the more respected football columnists, uh, Mike Florio, wrote a uh, column on uh, Pro Football Talk over the weekend uh, that kind of surprised me on two different levels about uh, quarterback situations around the National Football League. Uh, we'll dive into it when we come back here next. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got your Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365. with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. I'm not giving you on McDonald's. Hopefully, you all had a great Fourth of July holiday weekend. Check the calendar, folks. Three weeks until the first day of Eagles camp. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, we got into a heavy quarterback conversation in hour number one, and I want to continue it here for just a minute. Um, I'm. A, are you a big fan of Mike Florio? Um. Uh, not as big as you. Let's okay. put it fair enough. <laughs> Perfectly fine. No. Um, I am a big Florio fan, and I really shouldn't be. If I took it personally, I wouldn't, because Florio used to come on my show fairly frequently. Like every two weeks, he would come on. Uh, I had a friend of a friend who was tight with him, and this was when he was just pro football talk before he began his association with NBC. And became a television bigwig and didn't have his own show on Peacock when he was just doing his blogging thing. I had him on all the time because I thought he was really good versus writing was good and he was good on the air too. So I used to get him on all the time. And then he did the partnership with NBC and then he didn't. Well, yeah, I'm going to defend Mike here, Jody. Maybe he gets, uh, I don't know, but we run into this a lot. Some of these corporate uh things prevent no that's just john 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 John, i can stop you he does a weekly spot on wip he gets paid okay so uh jody mcdonald's budget for his radio show is a big squatta uh but oh mike finds ways to become available to be on radio shows gotcha i know exactly there's somebody i like personally that does that and it just rubs me the wrong way so i got you i i don't want it hey it's america capitalism if he can get a check i would want a check too but he kind of forgets the little guys who helped him along the way before he became a big star so that's why just personally i got a little issue with florio but i can take myself take a step back and just evaluate the work that he does and there's a reason why i used to get him on all the time because i think he's that good uh i i didn't change my opinion of how good mike was because he started to big time me and you know who's the other guy who did that to me that still ticks me off no end adrian wojnarowski when he was yeah Yeah. when he was the nba side insider at yahoo and he hadn't gotten the ESPN and become the number one information dispenser of NBA news. We got oh, Mike Sielski, information broker, because Mike came up with that. Information give Mike credit. Mike's going to join us in uh, 25 minutes from now. Um, yeah, before Woj was the number one information broker in the uh, NBA circles, he used to come on my show all the time. I used to be able to get, pick up the phone, Woj, can you come on? Boom, done. And then he blew up and became the biggest guy. Well, here's my, since we're on a mic, and by the way, I don't dislike Mike personally. I just dislike the the aggregation mode. And it's taught people that it's important, like 
the aggregate, like without the reporters on the ground, um, you don't have the aggregation material, but they, they go to pro football talk and understandably so it's not Mike's fault, but obviously they don't have the ability to be in 32 different training camps, uh, uh, for obvious reasons. And they just take, you know, quotes and, and develop stories off that. That's number one. Number two would be when he started and when he became really popular, which I always thought was unfair, was the the ticker of when NFL players got arrested. Oh. Um, and I really had a problem with that because I think that I, I thought there was no context. I thought it made the players look terrible. And all of a sudden, he's done a 180 now and he's gone the entire opposite direction. And I just got a problem with that. I just, I, that, but that's, you know, see, I, I checked the police blotter on my glorious site. Oh, everybody did. Everybody did. I just thought it was completely unfair. No context, not nothing to it. He never compared it to, you know, other sports. He never compared it to, other 20 year olds and, and, and FBI statistics and all that kind of stuff. It was just completely unfair. Um, and then it went away because he went a different way, sort of uh, political bent. And it's like, come on, dude, you're, you're kind of a phony. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'll stick. I'm not to, uh, disagreeing with anything you said. I just, um, I'm not going to get drawn into the political aspect of it. I just want to know about his football content. I think his football content is good, but um, it, the way that you judge Mike Florio will be very interesting to see what you think about the piece that he did this week over the weekend. I think it was like Saturday, a report that the Seahawks were close to acquiring Baker Mayfield. Um, but at the last <laughs> minute, another unnamed team jumped into the fray That's and made funny. a bid for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and neither of these two reports were Mike Florio pro football talk reports. So I think Mike doesn't necessarily like getting scooped. So what he does, as you correctly described it earlier, he'll comment on other individuals works and they're trying to expand on other individuals works which I'm okay with. I can see where, because you're a reporter, I'm not. So I can be okay with it. You, you do the hard work. So that's why it would rub you the wrong way more than it would rub me the wrong way. So let me just read you quickly what Florio wrote. Uh, two weeks, two teams have been linked to the Baker Mayfield, uh, Browns quarterback, Seahawks. And he doesn't mention the other one. We all know he's talking about the Panthers, but he doesn't mention the other one because the report didn't mention the other one. So he says, over the weekend, uh, not much news, but uh, there is this story. Uh, here's teams that should be interested in Baker Mayfield. Should be. You know that he's absolutely playing to this report that's out there, that the Seahawks made a play, and that uh, there's another team that's involved in the bidding. But he doesn't want to come out and give that person any credit. So he's just going to list a bunch of teams that really should have interest in Baker Mayfield. Number one, the Browns. They have Baker Mayfield, but can they bring him back into the fold and have him be their quarterback? Baker said a week ago at a camp, no, those ship has sailed. We both kind of decided to move on. Uh, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, number 20, Mike Trubisky. Is Baker Mayfield better than the quarterbacks they have? Does he have a better NFL resume? The answer is yes. So that's why he mentions the Steelers. Panthers, 
You know, he at least waited to go down three teams before he got the team that makes the most sense is the other one involved. And he talks about them having to decide how much money is going to be paid by each party. Falcons, Baker Mayfield is a better option than Marcus Mariota. Okay, you believe that, Mike? I'll buy that. Seahawks, now he gets to the Seahawks. <laughs> He pushed them down the list because that's a team that was most noted as the one who was getting that much closer to getting Baker Mayfield. The Saints, uh, they were in under Sean Watson. James Winston can't stay healthy. Why wouldn't? Right. Uh, here we go again. Uh, the Lions. Mayfield is better than Jared Goff, period. Okay, you're right. He's got a better resume than Jared Goff. Even though Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl the last couple of years, Jared Goff has not been very good. He mentions the Giants, it, but Daniel Jones, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. He's better than Daniel Jones. He's right. I agree with that. The Texans, he says, they claim to be all in on Davis Mills. Your buddy of mine, John McClain, has told me, if he's told me once, he's told me five times in the last six hmm. months, oh, they're in on Davis Mills. The rest of the world might not be in on Davis Mills, but the Texans are in on Davis Mills. So they're not going to make the move, but I see where Florio's going. Here's an interesting one. 49ers. That if Jimmy G is not the guy to be the bridge to Trey Lawrence, could uh, Trey Lance, excuse me, could Baker Mayfield be that guy? It's it's a fun long shot, but it's not happening. And then he goes to Dolphins. Oh, now, that's going to upset Jody. Man. Oh, yeah, it does. Let me Let me just read the first paragraph. I know I said I'd list these teams in no particular order, but I saved this one for last. Tuanon. That's what he calls the Dolphins quarterback. Tuanon won't like this one bit. But let's be fair. Mayfield, when healthy, can do much more, much more than Tua has ever done. And with Mike McDaniels drawing up the plays, Mayfield could be exactly what the Dolphins need at their full potential in 2022. Oh, but he'll be the guy calling up the plays for Tuanon, too, which it sounds like you have well, no faith in that working. By the way, I'd, I'd like that reference. I'm going to give Mike credit for that. Uh, and then, so I just, uh, you know, ripped him a little bit. Now I'll give him credit. I like Tuanon. He's not calling Tua Tua. He's calling Tuanon. He's calling the people like you, Jody, Tuanon, the, the, the Tua truthers who think, He's going to be the superstar. Maybe you guys turn out to be right. Um, that's how I phrase it. You know, it's interesting. I think if you got if you got Mike McDaniel, you mentioned Mike McDaniel. If you stuck some truth serum in him, probably rather a Baker Mayfield to run his offense. Um, you know, but there's a lot of teams on that list that. All right, yeah. I, and I've said this on this show numerous times. You've heard me say. I, Baker, I, I, Baker I, I, say I'm sorry. I apologize greatly for interrupting, but I need to interrupt. Is Baker Mayfield better than Jalen Hurts? Yes. Yes. Why aren't the Eagles on the list? And and that's what I was – there's a lot of teams on that list. Um, and, and that's what I was saying when there's a lot of times on this show where I can't figure out what, why Baker Mayfield is in the position he's in because he's good, not great, but he's good and he's proven to be good. And he's taken a franchise that was dead in the water for a long time to the playoffs and won a playoff game. It's weird to me. Maybe it's personal. I'm not there all the time, but on the field, 
he's good. I I I I talked about it last year. I thought I think he took some hits for playing through an injury last year. I think coaches will look at that in a different way and say, this guy played through an injury when I needed him. I think they look at things a little bit differently. Um, whereas fans will say he didn't play well mm-hmm. uh, because he's out there when he shouldn't be out there. All that stuff is good. Um, there are certain teams. Look, if you put Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts on the same team in a vacuum, same coach, Baker Mayfield's going to be better most of the time. You know, for this particular situation, the Eagles, they don't think he's better. They like Jalen Hurts' leadership. Not that they don't think he's better. They don't think he's a better option, um, you know, because he's not a superstar. I've always said that's what, you know, people think it's a criticism that the Eagles tried to get Russell Wilson to Sean Watson. If you think it's a slap in the face to Jalen Hurts, fine. Jimmy Garoppolo is more proven than Jalen Hurts, never mind Baker Mayfield. The Eagles had no interest. No interest will have no interest. Because they believe in the kids' ability to get better. They believe in the leadership, the intangibles, all that stuff. So they only want, look, if we can get a superstar, or in the case of the draft, and we were talking about the draft at the beginning of the show, a player with superstar-level traits and projection and that kind of thing, they'll do it. But they're not going to do it. And those are the two names I've always mentioned for the Jimmy Garoppolo's and Baker Mayfield's of the world. But everything Mike said, he's better than the stick of Jared Goff. He's better than Marcus Mariota. He's better than Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, if you look at Daniel Jones, if you look at individual situations, yeah, he's better than all. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Those guys. Right, but, but here's, here's why it grabbed my attention. Number one, he took an unmitigated and unfair shot at Tuatunga Valoa, which you know I think the kid's going to have a breakout year this year, and there are going to be some guys who are going to have to jump on the tour bandwagon, Florio being one of them. Um, but a lot of the guys, as you just went down with that list, who's better, the present-day quarterback or Baker Mayfield? Well, Baker Mayfield. All right, that merits him being on the list. Who's the better quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts? Why didn't he put Baker May? Why didn't he put the Eagles on this same list with this eleven other teams? If you're going to draw it at the just purely, is he better than the guy who's going to be the starting quarterback? Has he achieved more in the league than the guy who's going to be the better starting quarterback on another team? Okay, fine. So does that mean he believes that Jalen Hurts is uh, has accomplished more in the NFL than Baker Mayfield does? If not. Why did he leave the Eagles off this list of teams that should at least be considering Baker Maybe Mayfield? he forgot. Maybe he, he understands the Eagles aren't going to go in that direction. Um, 
But there's you a lot really of things. Do you really think the Dolphins are going to dump two at this stage to sign Baker Mayfield? Oh, I think he was taking a shot again at the people uh, who were so behind to a and, and won't acknowledge there's a negative outcome. There might be a positive outcome, but there's a lot of people with Tua that don't acknowledge. I think it's more of an Alabama thing, to tell you the truth, that don't acknowledge a potential negative outcome. But I, I can't get Mike's head. I mean, there's a lot of teams. I'm trying to think of the list he gave me. I mean, he knows Houston's not moving on from Davis right. Mills. And, 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 and I see the way that he wrote the article. It's perfectly fine. These are teams that you have the choice between the guy who's probably going to be your starter and Baker Mayfield. The choice should be Baker Mayfield. Steelers, yes. Panthers, yes. Seahawks, unquestionably. Falcons, you want to put them ahead of Marcus Mariota? How, how do you not? Yes. Saints, Jameis' whole health thing. And oh, by the way, Jameis hasn't won in the playoffs. So yes. Lions, yes. Giants, yes. Texans, yes. 49ers, yes. Dolphins, I say no, but you can make the argument, yes. Well, why not the Eagles? Jalen Hurts hasn't won a playoff yeah, game. From that Jalen Hurts hasn't cracked the top 15 quarterback rating yet. Why Why are you putting all the 11? If it was just two or three, all right, he's zeroing in on them. No, he went 11 deep, and he didn't include the Eagles with Jalen Hurts as a place where Baker Mayfield would be a quarterback upgrade. Yeah, and to be honest, how many teams? 11? Yeah. Um, there should be five or six more, and I'd have to go down the list. Um, if you're talking about the young guys who were drafted last year? No, talking about teams who Baker would be an upgrade over, just an upgrade, because, I mean, you know, he's bringing the Jared Goffs of the world in there. I mean, is he an upgrade over? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. How about the guy who's going to be the quarterback uh, 150 miles to the south for the commies? Yeah, Carson. Yeah, I mean you can go even that. Um, uh, th- he's a good quarterback, Baker Mayfield, when he's healthy. Not great, good, probably right in that fourteen, fifteen range when he has a good season. You know, when he had his best season, probably ten, eleven, right on the cusp of top ten. There's a lot more than eleven, is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, you look at. Because two was a young quarterback, right? So, uh, you know, are we just eliminating the the Justin Fields of the world because they're so young? Right. Well, um, where, where do you draw the line? Yeah. If it's only Jones one year, then you got to give him another year. If it's two years, oh, you can evaluate him. Again, he put Tua on the list and didn't put Jalen Hurts, and they came into the league in the same year. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even throw a veteran like Kirk Cousins out there. I mean, there's an accomplished guy. Is Baker Mayfield better than Kirk Cousins? He might be. Um, at his height, I would say he was. Um, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks Baker Mayfield's better than, which is why I've constantly said on the show, I can't figure it out. Now, maybe it's personality. You know, maybe he is a, a, a you-know-what Um and that's part of it because people don't want that around their team, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, but just from a talent perspective, and I've always used the example of why the Eagles, you know, it's a compliment that they have no interest in in the Baker Mayfields of the world. It's a compliment to Jalen Hurts because he's a better player. He's a better player. 
and they see other things in Jalen Hurts that make them think Jalen Hurts ultimately could end up as a better player. And oh, by the way, and this will get me in trouble with. And that just got me in trouble, Jody. And and or the the Tua haters out there. Um, Tua is the same kind of leader that Jalen Hurts is. And all the Alabama guys are. We we sing the praises of Jalen Hurts and his leadership uh, qualities to the high heavens. I'm telling you, Tua is the exact same with the Dolphins that you're right, Alabama just developed. They don't even bring a quarterback in if he doesn't have that skill set to begin with. Um, Yogi Roth, do you recognize the name? Uh, Pac-12 announcer. Um, He's one of my quarterback gurus. Um, He works with Dilfer at the Elite 11 camp year in and year out. He gets to see the best high school quarterbacks uh, come through that program and then become college quarterbacks. He told me on the air that, and he's been doing it for over a decade now and has seen uh, every single top rated quarterback for the last decade who's been drafted in the first round come through his camp and had a chance to work hands-on, one-on-one with them all. He says two was the best leader they ever had in the camp, ever, ever. Yeah, I was just, uh, I just saw a story about Mac Jones and knew about how they're raving about his leadership. I mean, yeah, there's, it's, there's an Alabama thing going on in, in that they're trained very well for me, my to a concern. I don't think he's been the same player since the injury. My, my, my issues with Tua are all related to that injury. Um, I just don't think he's been the same player. Maybe as he gets farther away from it, he, he starts feeling better, getting healthier, getting more confidence in the hip and, and starting to feel it and maybe turns into it. And again, I go back to Mike. I think what he's trying to say, yeah, there might be a positive, but you have this to a, a non-group who's like, there's no way. And I, I've seen no evidence that he's going to be a superstar quarterback at the NFL level. Maybe he turns the corner talking about with Jalen maybe he turns the corner but there's a negative part to it as well and usually usually in these types of situations if you're going percentage wise usually it's going negative more than it's going positive yeah I'm still uh I guess I'm a member of Tunan because I do believe he's going to take a major step forward this year uh no excuses for both of them Jody Jalen Hurts and Tua because both teams have done all they can to build up around the quarterback. And I think both Miami was in the top 10 as well. Roster. We're talking about rosters last week and pro football focus. I think the Eagles were seven. I think the Dolphins were nine or 10. Both of them have built up around the quarterback and they don't have any more excuses. Both of them. So we're going to see. You add Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown to your uh, lineups. Go out and get yourself. Now, A.J.'s right there at the number 10 cutoff. Tyreek Hill is arguably top five. So the Dolphins even went a little bit further than the Eagles did. And uh, you got the younger player with A.J. Brown. That's the advantage Eagles have. They can hopefully count on the guy for a little bit longer. At some point, Tyreek Hill's going to lose a step, and we're going to see if he's as good. But I don't think that's happened yet. 
Yeah, they both Alabama quarterbacks have to have big years this year. And, and the team don't went forget, out they already had, you know, the Eagles already had Devonta Smith and 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 Dallas Goddard. Two already had uh, Jalen Waddell and Mike Gesicki. Um, you know, they they have weapons. They each have weapons, and they're going to be able to 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 prove what they can do as a player this season. The advantage that Jalen Hurts has over uh, Tua is certainly last year, and I would say again this year, even though the Dolphins put some resources in it to upgrade it, Jalen played behind a better offense. Oh, yeah. Eagles' offensive line was much better last year and projects to be significantly better again this year. Uh, but the Dolphins did uh, add a, a big piece, uh, getting the kid from uh, – who did they sign during this offseason? They made a big offensive lineman signing. Um, why can't I think of it? Who did Jesus. they sign on the offensive line? I thought you were going – they brought in Cedric Wilson, a wide receiver. No, I'm, offensive um, line. They yeah, got I'm one of the better think. tackles in the national football. Oh, yeah, yeah, Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead. There you go. Yeah. And one of the and, best left tackles in the NFL. And paid him uh, as he is one of the best left tackles. So you're right about that. Both Alabama quarterbacks have raised expectations this year. Both Hurts and Tua have to take a big step forward because uh, they've given them the pieces to do just that. ID John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Mike Sielski from the Inquirer is going to join us next. Oh, we're going to drag him into this quarterback conversation. McMullen and I have been going back and forth on it for the better part of an hour. We need to hear from somebody else. That'll be Mike Sielski. Joins us next here on Birds 365. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. When you're back in the Mac, guys, McMullen and McDonald. We add a third voice into the mix. You got tired of listening to John and I. I understand. That's why we need him. Plus, he knows what the hell he's talking about. Uh, lead columnist for the Inquirer, Mike Sielski, good enough to jump aboard. Aaron Birds 365. How was your fourth, Mike? It was excellent, Jody. Hope you guys enjoyed yours as well. Yeah, Mike, I haven't seen you since you're back from, where'd you go, Switzerland? Where was it? Yeah, we went to, uh, my family and I went to uh, Switzerland for a week. My wife actually nice. lived there. She lived there when she was a kid from the time she was six until she was 15. So uh, it was pretty cool to go back. We went to Zurich. We went to this little village uh, called Engelberg. We got to do some hiking, went up the mountains. Coolest, one of the coolest parts, we went to the headquarters of the Lint Chocolate Factory where they have like a tour of how they make the chocolate and they have a chocolate museum. It's the only museum where once you finish the tour, you weigh five pounds more than you did when you started. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, that's great. Sounds like you had a great time. Um, still trying to figure out how you got a good-looking Swiss girl to marry you, but that, that, that's for she's that's actually for, she's actually a Jersey girl, Jody. She's a Jersey girl. Um, she just happened so she to live was born here, moved over there, and came back. She did, yes. Her dad had a job over there uh, when she was a kid, um, so she was the family lived there for nine years, and then they came back uh, okay. to Jersey. All right, uh, well, we, Jersey's got a lot in common with Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> And, and some things that are very different. All right. Yes. Uh, speaking of different, Johnny and I differ a little bit on the future of Jalen Hurts and what can happen here, because we know there are several different ways it can play out going forward, starting with game one this year and the continued evaluation of Jalen Hurts. Three scenarios. You tell me, put, uh, put them in the order of likelihood that they will happen. Jalen Hurts has a tremendous year. The Eagles do what the Eagles do, get a contract in place, uh, commit to him, make him part of the future, and he's making 30, 35, 40, whatever the number is, depending on how well he plays. Eagles get a contract extension with him before the start of the 2023 season. Jalen Hurts, not good, and he doesn't improve. He regresses, and they go, we got to get ourselves another quarterback via the draft, via free agents, whatever else. Jalen Hurts not starting in 2023. Or Jalen Hurts is good. He's in a slight improvement. He doesn't get worse, but he doesn't get markedly better, and the Eagles roll it back. Sorry, Jalen, we're going to ask you to play on your fourth-year rookie deal and they kick the can down the road for another year. Which of those three scenarios? Put them in most likely to happen order of those three scenarios. Okay. So number three to me is the most likely scenario that, you know, Jalen improves a little bit uh, and they kick the, end up kicking the can down the road. The first scenario is the second most likely scenario, I think, because of 
the team that they have put around him. I actually just wrote about this um, and how good their offensive line looks like it's going to be. Uh, and then of course, then you take into consideration the additions and improvements they made to the team, to the offense in particular, uh, the continued improvement of Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. Conditions are favorable for Jalen Hurts. And then I would say the last scenario is the least likely, still possible, but the least likely, which is that he just completely tanks and stinks and they decide they're going to move on. I would say this, Jody, I think there's a fourth scenario that we ought to consider, which is that Jalen Hurts improves a little bit and the Eagles decide to make a move at quarterback anyway, um, because he is counting so little under the cap, less than $2 million, that they would still be able to do that. And I wouldn't put it past Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, and the rest of the team's brain trust to say, you know, that was pretty good, but we could have gotten more out of that season. And if we change the quarterback, maybe we can. Well, that's one of the things, Mike. I think the Eagles have been very successful this offseason on sort of making people forget that they were trying to get better this offseason at the quarterback position, even though it didn't get very far with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, they were already trying to get better. So they've done a nice job kind of, you know, recalibrating and saying Jalen's our guy and building up around Jalen Hurts. You know, and it's one of those things in life. It, it, there's a lot of context. Everything's not black. Everything's not white. And the Eagles done have done a good job and kind of signaled, we'll get better if we can get better. If not, Jalen's our guy. But here's the problem, Mike. We're, we got to talk extension time after this season. They could let him play out the fourth year on his rookie deal. But if you do that, aren't you just signaling this is a lame duck, this is a bridge, this is it? And the Eagles, that's not typically where they want to be. Is that a fair way to look at the landscape? I, I think it is a fair way, John. And this, to me, sparks one of the most fascinating debates and discussions in the modern NFL. I think you're right. I think the Eagles don't want to have to do that. Their history under Jeffrey Lurie is find a franchise quarterback and stick with him, right? Like, I've written about this a ton. Um, you know, Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid were a partnership for a decade. And then once the Eagles traded McNabb, Andy got three years. And he was fired because the position never quite settled in the way that it had when Donovan was there. They tried Michael Vick, Kevin Cobb. By the end, it's patchwork and Andy's gone. Chip Kelly makes a big move to trade Nick Foles for Sam Bradford and is fired within a year after that. Doug Peterson can't get Carson Wentz to buy in and can't develop him in the way that they hope. And so that's not entirely why Doug got fired, but it's at least part of it. And so they want that position settled. And if I were Nick Sirianni, I'd be a little concerned if that position goes unsettled. Um, but to me, I look at the Hurts situation, if the Eagles really wanted to get experimental, as a test case in the modern NFL, where teams make mistakes all the time, or at least have made some big mistakes, where they overcommit to a quarterback, right? The, the Baltimore Ravens spend too much money on Joe Flacco. The New York Giants spend too much money on Eli Manning in the latter half of his career, and it hampers that team's ability 
to build a roster around him. So what if the Eagles walk away from Jalen Hurts but replace him with another low-cost quarterback? It doesn't necessarily have to be a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson or an already established guy as much as they might want that kind of quarterback. Um, and I wonder if there's enough talent out there now and if the playing styles between college football and the pros are similar enough now that you could find another young guy and kind of cycle through them every couple of years. It's just a kind of a thought experiment, but yeah. I wonder if one of these no, teams I are going to try up, it. Mike. I brought that up as well, and that's why I'm thinking the Eagles have done what they've done, right? So they, they kicked the can down the road by trading one of the first-round picks out in, with New Orleans. They get the extra first-round pick in the 2023 draft. So why not draft a quarterback? You know, it might be, it might not be Bryce Young. It might not be uh, CJ Stroud. You can't get up to the top of the draft, but it's supposed to be a much deeper class, right? You get a young quarterback, you get to groom him for a year. Jalen Hurts is still on the fourth year uh, of his rookie deal, very cost effective. And then you can start that cycle and you have the young rookie quarterback in year two ready to take over. Still cheap, still cost effective. Is that the new age, the new way of the NFL? Rather than paying forty million dollars for a guy, you're not completely sold on. If if I were a general manager, John, that is a formula I would try to follow. Go back to 2017 and the Eagles. Okay, we all remember how great Wentz was that season. Was going to be the MVP before he got hurt. We remember how incredible Nick Foles was from the start of the second half of the Atlanta playoff game, wildcard game, or excuse me, divisional round game on, you know, two and a half games of just incredible greatness. What made that team a Super Bowl championship team up to that point was that Wentz and Foles that season did not cost the Eagles very much under the salary cap. So the Eagles were able to go out and build a really good team around those guys. Sign Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith and Chris Long, and LeGarrette Blunt, and make smart trades for Timmy Jernigan and other pieces that they could... And the reason they could do that was because they had salary cap space to do it. And my question would be, you know, there are only so many quarterbacks in the NFL, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, you know, looking the, the Patrick Mahomes, looking like the Josh Allen or the Justin Herbert, who just take your franchise to a different place by themselves. And no matter how much you pay them, you're going to be in the mix because they're just that good. How many of those guys are really out there? And is it, I know what the market will say about a particular quarterback at a particular time, but is it worth paying a guy who's not one of those upper, upper echelon guys that much money because it hurts your ability to build a team around him? And I just wonder if the Eagles might be better off saying, you know what, okay, if, if we can get a competent quarterback at a team-friendly contract, it'll be easier to win because it's easier to build the team around them. Mike, that was a really interesting point and uh, storyline you laid out for the Eagles and their coaches tied to their quarterback. When it doesn't go well, the coaching tenure ends. And all three of them uh, fit your uh, narrative perfectly. How tied is Nick Sirianni to Jalen Hurts? Wasn't his pick. He wasn't here. That was Howie. Howie made the pick. Howie took a lot of slings and arrows for doing it. And oh, by the way, it turned out to be a pretty damn good pick. Second round pick, the guy standing in as your starting quarterback at this stage. But if we're going to tie the quarterback uh, to the 
basically ability to keep his job with the coach. Is that fair to Sirianni? I'm not sure it would happen with Hertz. With respect to Sirianni, Jody, I think you make a fair point and a good point and a valid point that, you know, if Jalen Hurts doesn't take a major step forward this season, is Nick Sirianni going to be blamed, quote unquote, in the way that, you know, Doug Peterson got blamed for Carson Wentz or, you know, that sort of thing? I don't think so. But I do think that that would be kind of his buffer quarterback in a way, because if Hertz doesn't work out and the Eagles decide they have to move on from him, do I think they're going to fire Sirianni too? No, but I do think that they're going to judge Sirianni based on how he would develop or work with the next guy. Um, and that makes a difference, you know, and it's not even so much. I think that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman look at it and say, well, we're getting rid of this coach because he couldn't develop this quarterback. I think they just get impatient and I think they forget the, the, the stability that each of those components brings, right? It's not we're firing Doug Peterson because he couldn't develop Carson Wentz. It's Carson Wentz didn't develop. We got to trade him now because he doesn't want to be here and, you know, whatever. We don't need to relitigate that whole situation. And there are these other things coming up with Doug Peterson. And since we don't have a quarterback here who, you know, who's, who he's going to be developing or we have to move him, then, okay, we feel better about letting him go. Um, you know, I think something similar happened with Andy, right? Like Donovan wasn't there anymore. As long as Donovan was coming back, Andy, Andy's position was secure. But once Andy tried to make Michael Vick into a great quarterback and did for a short period of time, and once Andy's handpicked successor, Kevin Cobb didn't work out, um, then it was kind of time to move on. Mike, you mentioned your latest at uh, the inquirer inquirer.com about the Eagles offensive line before I get into that with you I want to talk about your Jason Kelsey column which kind of will morph into it and and Jason sort of his celebrity bartending event CL his ability to connect with the with the Philadelphia fan base which is not easy for a lot of people and how he does it so seamlessly and I look at Nick Sirianni. Nick tries to do it. Nick's successful, but, you know, I call him the pander in chief. He's got the Phillies gear on, the Sixers gear, the yeah. Flyers gear. You know, it seems forced. It doesn't seem forced with Jason Kelsey. What's the secret? What's the secret with Jason Kelsey? You know, we, Jim Kenny doesn't want the job. Maybe he can be the mayor. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, John. That's interesting. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't chuckle about it given the circumstances no, with which Kenny said that. It, yeah, yes. no, it's okay. I, I get it. Um, you know, I think the thing is with Kelsey that his upbringing plays into this a little bit, you know, th those of us, there were a few of us who were there to talk to Jason before the bartending event, uh, last Wednesday. And I said to him in asking a question, I said, you know, I asked him how he was able to connect with the fans so well. And I said to him, you know, I suspect that if you were from Beverly Hills, California, this would not work as well. Um, and I, so I think part of it is he's from a suburb of Cleveland. He's from Cleveland Heights. There's a socioeconomic and cultural sensibility that is there that is similar to the one in and around Philadelphia that Jason is familiar with. And I think part of it is his demeanor and his natural personality. You know, the, the two guys, the two or three guys in my time writing about Philadelphia sports professionally, who I've seen connect with the fan bases in a way that surpassed any other athletes, were Brian Dawkins 
Chase Utley, and to a slightly lesser degree, Allen Iverson. Doc is the one guy who I've covered who I almost felt like you wanted him to respect you in some way. There was some element of his personality and the way he went about carrying himself that you wanted to be at your best just to talk to him. Utley was very similar, but there was a little bit of distance with Chase. He kind of wanted you to stay at arm's length, even to the fans a little bit um, in that regard. They, they loved him and they admired the way he played. Uh, and they liked the fact that he cursed during the World Series parade. <laughs> but there was a little bit of distance there. You know, Iverson had so much good that happened during his tenure and so much controversial that there were people who were not going to like him no matter what, um, despite the vast majority of people loving him and, you know, loved every that he played every game like his last. Kelsey kind of combines all the best elements of that with this every man sensibility that I'm not sure any of those guys have. You know, the fact that he's there at this Jersey Shore bar serving drinks, doing jello shots, sweating while he's pouring the beers. He just seems like he'd be the kind of guy who would be there anyway, even if he weren't playing for the Eagles. Um, and to hear his teammates of all different backgrounds, both sides of the ball, doesn't matter if you're black, white, pink with yellow polka dots, they all talk about Jason Kelsey in a way that suggests he connects with them too. There's just something kind of synergistic and magical about it. And I think he's just kind of the right personality, the right background, the right team in the right city. I know exactly what you're talking about with Brian Dawkins, uh, the point that you made that you want him to respect you. Cause I, I, I dealt with it at one point, his son and my daughter were of similar age and they both went to the same workout place. So the parents got to come and pick up the kids when they're 13, 14 years old, they don't have their cards or whatever. And I would see him there all the time. And people would go over to him and went to, I never did. I would just give him the head nod yeah. that I didn't want to be the guy who was going to go over. If I saw him there a dozen times, I asked him one question. Something happened with the Eagles. And I just couldn't not ask him what he thought about what was going on with the Eagles. But I said, I went up, introduced myself in case he, I've seen him in a locker room, whatever. Uh, Jody McDonald, he goes, hey, Joe. So he knew who I was. Yeah. And he appreciated the fact that, I would just give him the head nod on the way in and out of the gym. That's all that we would do would be mm -hmm. the head nod. So uh, I know exactly where you're coming from. He commands that kind of respect. I, I'm going to ask you about a guy uh, helping out his teammates. Uh, Johnny wrote about this on uh, our website, uh, uh, I think, on, on Saturday. A.J. Brown commented about the comment that Miles Sanders made. We could be, we're like an all-star <laughs> team, which evoked memories of Dream Team. AJ skimmed back on it a little bit and said, we're not an all-star team yet, but we could become one. So he did a fine line dance there of staying optimistic, but also trying to cut his teammate, Miles Sanders, a little bit of slack for his comment. Did he pull it off? Yeah, I think he did. And I think what he said is accurate. Um, as we were just talking about, Jody, you know, I think the improvements and additions that they made in the offseason are substantial. Um, AJ Brown is a terrific receiver. And we already saw that Devontae Smith is a terrific receiver. Uh, and so you've got more depth at that position. You've got Dallas Goddard, who's, you know, a top five to 10 tight end in this league. Um, you've got what I think is the best offensive line in the NFL. Um, so there are a lot of pieces in place offensively for them to be really good. It comes down to Jalen Hurts. It comes down to the quarterback. They've improved on defense. 
Um, I think there's still some open question there about what that defense is going to look like. You know, I think we've talked about this before. If we see Jonathan Gannon continuing to play the same soft shell kind of coverages, um, then it's time to question Jonathan Gannon and his acumen, uh, because I think most of what he was doing last season was born of his personnel and not just his natural disposition as a defensive coordinator. So, you know, they have the chance to be better. And we haven't even talked about the fact that their schedule looks like it's going to be pretty soft. Um, So there's a lot trending in the right way for the Eagles, but there are still enough questions there where you go, okay, we got to see how it plays out. Um, You know, and I think the contrast between this team and that 2011 team is that 2011 team was full of mercenaries. They were just guys who they had just signed veterans who were coming in for the money. Um, There was no real continuity there on that team. Uh, There were certain guys who just, they didn't fit in. Uh, It was a mishmash of coaching styles and misfitting styles of play. It just was bad from the jump. Um, This is not that there's enough continuity left over from the team last season and the team teams from the years before that, that I think that sort of transition will be smoother. Um, but the proof will be in the pudding once they start playing the games. Well, Mike, the expectations are uh, obviously pretty significant and, and they seem to only be growing. Um, and I go back to your column about the offensive line uh, inquire.com. When we talk about the ceiling, the floor of this team, I want to talk about the floor because of the offensive line it's really hard to lose a lot of games. It's really hard to be really bad if you can block people and block people consistently. Is that where you are with this offensive line is the the best in the NFL? That's exactly where I'm at, John. Um, And to me, it's the thing that the Eagles as a football organization do best. You know, it's better than anything else they do. They acquire and develop offensive linemen and the reason you know that is that you can think back in recent history to the seasons where they didn't have a good offensive line and how much it hurt them and how rare that is. You think back to 2015 after Chip Kelly had gotten rid of Evan Mathis and tried to kind of, you know, patchwork the line and it, it didn't go well. And DeMarco Murray was getting tackled two, three yards behind the line of scrimmage every time he got the ball. And then there was 2020 where as bad as Carson Wentz played, He was also under siege for most of that season while he was still in the lineup. Again, injuries and problems, but they generally get it fixed pretty quickly. And you go back to last season and what they were able to do, how they were able to change the offense, you know, seven games in and they're throwing the ball a ton with Jalen Hurts and Sirianni and Shane Steichen, you know, finally decide, hey, look, this isn't working. We can't win this way. The way we're going to win games is becoming a run first offense. And the fact that their line was that good that they were able to make that adjustment and not miss a beat and become dominant running the ball um, speaks to the talent and depth that they have there. And I think given the improvements that they've made at the skill positions uh, and given the depth along that offensive line and how much they fortified it, um, they're, they're going to be a handful offensively because if worse comes to worse and Jalen Hurts doesn't take a step forward, okay, they've shown that they can run the ball to a degree that should be able to keep them in games. Again, as you and I know, John, it's not the way they want to play, but they've shown they can play that way if they need to. All right. I'm going to make you make a call on two veteran Eagles who are part of a championship team on the defensive side of the ball on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. 
assuming health, which I know is a bit of an assumption with both guys at their now advanced stages. Sorry about that, Brandon. Sorry about that, Fletcher. Your, your NFL life is, uh, shelf life is what it is. Which one is going to be more impactful this year? Kind of a weird offseason for Fletcher. Got released, bought out the old contract, got a new contract of $14 million, which most people didn't think he was necessarily worth. So you can look at it glass half empty, glass half full. Brandon coming back from the injury. We know how great a leader that he is, but don't know what he's got left in the tank. Who's going to have the more impactful year on the Eagles defensive line of those two veteran Super Bowl champions? Maybe I'm going to be really wrong about this, Jody, but I think it'll be Brandon Graham. Um, And I say that with hesitation only because of the nature of the injury that he suffered, right? Torn Achilles is, is rough to come back from, but As you said, he is the beating heart. He and Kelsey are the beating heart of that locker room when it comes to leadership. And number two, I think they're not going to have to, in a perfect world, they're not going to have to rely on him to be an every down, pass rusher, set the edge kind of guy. You know, you can use him a little more situationally. Mm -hmm. um, And maybe that extracts more out of him, given the injury that he's coming off of and given the stage of career he's at. Um, Fletcher Cox... I think you want as much as you can get out of him. And, you know, he's still an important part of that interior defensive line rotation. Um, But I think looking at the way they address that position in the draft, uh, with Javon Hargraves as well coming back, I think, you know, they need a little less out of Fletch and will probably get a little less out of Fletch than they, than they would in kind of the intangible specific role that I think they're probably going to use Graham in. Mike, last one for me. Follow Mike at Mike Sealski on Twitter. Obviously, you can read him at acquire.com. Um, I want to talk about the coaching staff, Mike. Um, it's very rare in the NFL as a whole. It's been extremely rare in recent seasons for the Eagles where the whole band is back together on the coaching staff. I mean, everybody's back. Um And that's probably it this year, because if you look at the expectations, one of two things are going to happen. If the Eagles live up to them, Jonathan Gannon's going to get a job elsewhere. Shane Steichen, who knows? He's a play caller now. And if they underperform, Jeffrey Lurie's going to be looking for the Mike Rowe, Carson Walsh scapegoat. They have to take advantage of this continuity on the coaching staff. Yeah, I think they do, John. I think you make a great point. It's not one that I had really thought about deeply, but I think you're right. Um, you know, it is a rare thing uh, to bring an entire staff back. And I think part of that is the nature of the staff that they hired, right? It's It was so young. Sirianni was not a hot name as a coaching candidate. You know, he's bringing, he brought with them mostly guys who are around his age, you know, 40 or so, give or take a few years, one you know, one way or another. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think you make a great point that there's nothing that you said that I would disagree with one way or another. Um, and so, yeah, take advantage of it. If you're all kind of aligned in the way you're thinking, um, I think continuity is a rare thing in any form in the NFL, given the length of, you know, players careers and how much coaches bop around nowadays. And as you said, Jeffrey Lurie's inclination lately to tinker with things, not even lately, just throughout his tenure, he's always been involved, you know, to tinker with things and say, and make changes and suggestions about what changes should be made. Yeah. I think, I think there is, 
there is strength and continuity and the Eagles better take advantage of it. All right, Mike, as of today, we're three weeks until camp opens and you'll get to join John for grass time down at uh, the <laughs> Eagles headquarters, uh, which I know you guys very much look forward to. The wide receiver position. We know A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith are going to be the starters on the outside. Chances are Quez Watkins is going to be the main guy in the slot. They go out and get a uh, coach favorite, Zach Pascal to come in from Indianapolis. They have a former first-round draft pick, Jalen Rager, that's supposed to be in the mix. He's sitting at number five right now, wide receiver five. And, oh, by the way, he's earned it. That's where he should be, as a matter of fact. Is there anything you'll be either watching for him performance-wise on the field, if you get a chance to talk to him, that he may be handling his uh, business a little bit differently, either for better or worse? What do you need to find out about Jalen Rager when given a chance to observe the Eagles in preseason this year? I want to see how his place on the roster and his standing among those receivers affects the way he plays. And what I mean by that is this. When Doug Peterson in 2016 pulled Nelson Aguilar and sat him for a game, I was really curious as to how that was going to affect Aguilar. Um, because I thought, well, if, he, if he's already in his own head, is sitting him down and having him think about the way he's been playing and the fact he's been dropping passes and, and struggling a little bit, is that going to make things better or is it going to make them worse? And it made things a little bit better the rest of that 2016 season. But what made things much better for Aguilar heading into the 17 season, when he was actually really good, and one of their three or four best players in that Super Bowl victory over the Patriots, which people seem to forget, is that he got himself a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, and a little bit stronger, so that when he was on the field, things just came more naturally to him. He, was, he didn't have to think about where he was going to be. He was just there in a way that you know, he hadn't been his first couple of years in the NFL. I want to see if something similar can happen with Rager. I'm not suggesting it will. Um, in fact, I would be kind of surprised if it did. But I wonder if part of what has been plaguing Rager, so to speak, is, you know what? His talent just doesn't, isn't quite what it was in the, what it is in the NFL compared to where it was when he was in college. And that's something that a guy has to learn and develop through. You know, did he get a little bit stronger? Did he get a little bit faster? Is he playing with a little more athleticism and confidence just because he's bigger, faster, and stronger uh, on the field? And is the fact that he's now the fifth wide receiver on the roster, is that, does that cause him to go, you know what, I got nothing to lose, I'm going to play free and easy? Or does it cause him to go, you know what, my career here is shot, and I'm just going to go through the motions, um, and my confidence is low? That's what I would be looking for, you know, one way or another out of Jalen Rager. Will be interesting. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy your grass time when you get it three <laughs> weeks down the line. Mike, thanks much. Whenever you come on, we know we're going to learn something. We surely did today. Thanks for sharing. We'll get you back on before the season gets underway. Guys, anytime you want to go to Switzerland, just let me know. <laughs> I have tons of recommendations I, I can need, make. Yeah. What's, the, what's the name of that uh, chocolate museum again? Lint, you you can buy the chocolate in the um in the store in your su local supermarket, but if you actually go to the factory, and I am not making this up, they will throw it at you in the gift shop as you are leaving. 
I mean, it was, it was crazy. The, there was a woman behind the, the cash register. I was there with my wife and my two sons and my mother and father-in-law. And she asked us, she says, how many in your party? Would you like some chocolates for the way? And she started just tossing the, these handfuls of little chocolate balls at us. And, you know, we, we had bags and bags full of chocolates to, oh, to eat for the wow. rest of our trip. It's like the Seattle uh, uh, fish market. Yeah, yeah just, exactly. Fish. <laughs> here, here, catch. Yeah. Well, Mike Sielski, thank you much for catching on with us today. Appreciate it greatly. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Mike Thanks, Sielski, Mike. Philadelphia Inquirer, arguably the lead sports columnist here in Philadelphia with us. I'm Birch 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, the Mac and Mac guys, come back. Got to put a bow in the show. Please stay with us. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. you guys streaming in here on birds 365 on the jacob media youtube channel please hit the like button guys john what do we need him to do 
Uh, we need a like. We need a share. We need a subscribe, Jody McDonald. Could really use that like button. Um, so go ahead and hit it if uh, you'd be so kind. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do our usual pleasantries at the top of the show because we had technical difficulties and our apologies for that. I didn't oversleep, um, but we, we did get rolling a couple of seconds late today. How much of the USFL championship game did you watch Saturday night, John McMullen? Not much. You know, it was a good game, too. I, yes, the Stars I almost pulled it. it off. Yeah. Uh, Case Cookus got hurt. I think that derailed uh, the Stars a little bit. Um, but, but then, then again, again, Birmingham's quarterback, Birmingham quarterback went yeah. down too. Yeah, uh, but they were in it. It was. It, I watched the highlights, but no, I didn't. I was. I was busy doing Fourth of July things. Uh, you know, a little I too did. many adult uh, beverages, maybe Jody, to enjoy the, the USFL championship. The Philly game did end first, so I got the zero win. I was going back and forth between the Phillies and the USFL championship game. But once Philly game was over, and yeah, I quickly got over to the, the final uh, second. It was late third quarter, I think it was, when the Philly game ended. So I watched the entire fourth quarter. It's not a bad brand of football. I've been like half tongue-in-cheek poking fun at them this year that I haven't watched any of it. And the Saturday before I was on the air, Saturday is tougher for me to watch than a Sunday. So I didn't catch any of it uh, in the playoff action and their win over New Jersey. That was the most I watched. I watched more of the championship game than I did the entire season combined. It's not a bad brand of football for spring football, for alternative football, just to give you a taste during the offseason. I was pleasantly surprised. I was impressed with the quality of the play. Wow, I didn't expect that from Jody Mack. Yeah, uh, I didn't either. I was yeah. ready to come on here and knock it and mock it, yeah. as I kind of have been all year long. You know, and not because it was Philadelphia either. I'm just evaluating the level of football play. The one thing I will say is a couple of the DBs, there were interceptions to be had. There were yeah, I saw the one drop in the end zone oh. for a Stars player. I know that one of the Stars corners, I can't think of his name. He was a USFL all-star or all pro, whatever they call them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, who who'd we have on last week? Emery Hunt, I think, you know, I think it's valuable for the quarterbacks uh, to get actual playing time. Of course, it's not valuable for Case Cookus when he breaks his fibula. So it's still football. Uh, that part certainly hurts. Uh, hurts. You know, interestingly, the the stars were down, you know, Brian Scott was their quarterback, and then they went to Case Cocus, so he was the backup, and then they were down to I think KJ Costello, former Stanford kid. I thought the yeah. Eagles might bring him in a couple years ago. Um 33-30 competitive game. Crowd looked okay in, in Canton. Twenty plus thousand. Yeah. Oh, you 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 uh you caught the week before the playoffs yeah. first game in Canton, you said Jody. Yeah, it wasn't 5,000 people there. They had over 20,000 yeah. for the championship. Game. That helps. That helps one crowd. I, I, the pandemic season, even NFL games, those were torture with no fans in the building. I don't like the traffic, but you miss the fans when they're not there and you're just playing in an antiseptic environment. Hopefully, the USFL says they're coming back. It's going to be interesting because now oh, you have the XFL. They're coming back because they got, they got a television commitment. 
Yeah. If you, you have the, the XFL commitment, oh, you're coming back. The XFL as well. So it's going to, you know, split off the players even more because that's coming back. Um, I hope it's in Philadelphia, though, next year. If it's in Philadelphia, I'll go to the games. Um, I I don't want it in, in Birmingham or or if they move it to another one sort of venue place. I, I don't like that. I, so no, I, I hope I hope they they play in the the actual cities next year. I googled that uh, this weekend because I saw one story and I wanted to see if there was another. Um, the the game plan absolutely is to be in a minimum of two markets next year. If they can get into four markets, that would be the best case scenario. Um, but they're planning on being in two of the markets of the teams that. Birmingham is certainly one of the teams, so I'll go out on a limb here and tell you that's probably going to be one of the two markets because they've already got everything set up there and it worked okay there this year. So they're looking to add a minimum of one more, but if it's viable and feasible, they'll add uh, three more and play in basically what is half of the league because they got eight teams. If they play in four markets, that'll be good. Here's a problem with uh, Philly, and I, I hear you, John. Love to be able to go catch a game or something like that. Where are they going to play? They're not going to get the link. So you have to have an arena that's big enough to merit it and with the capabilities of doing a television broadcast out of. I don't think we have that here in Philadelphia. Do eh, we? It's well, not a major. Why not, why not the link? You need dates in that place. I mean, why not? Why I, I I the Eagles have probably too much control. I don't I don't think right, um, but see here's the deal. Um if they're and again, as I just stated, two or four. If they got four, that's better. If it's only two, then that means you got multiple games coming in every yeah. week. Not just the stars games, but other teams, not the stars coming in. You do some serious damage to that field. Yeah. If you're gonna be yeah. playing those that many games on that field, you want it to be in pristine condition when September runs around. Much more difficult. Yeah, you're probably right. It's not going to be Philadelphia, and that's a shame because they don't uh, have it. It's I I I would almost look at it. It's got to be a collegiate place. Yeah, it's got to be a college that has all the necessary accoutrement, including the ability to broadcast television. Temple doesn't add that. Villanova. Want to go Franklin Field on me? I did. Do they even have working toilets left at Franklin? <laughs> I, I, I haven't been in Franklin Field uh, in oh shoot, twenty five years was the last time I was in Franklin Field. I think the you know the pen the relays the, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got yeah. no idea. Yeah, so that's that's. I think that's the last time they had the working toilets when the Eagles played there. It's been a while. Uh, all right, partner. We stayed a couple of minutes extra because we started a couple of minutes late. I say we do this again tomorrow. Hopefully the email link comes through. Don't know what the hell happened. I yeah. couldn't get on the air today. Um, but hopefully we're here not only to, to do a show, but start the show on time. I will make my best effort. Will you? I will do it. I will make my best effort, Jody McDonald. Much like Miles Sanders, we're going to show uber confidence here. John McMullen and Jody McDonald will be here with Birds 365. In two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.